Three, two, one. <laughs> That's how they do it in Hawaii. <laughs> too easy. Way too easy, but very effective. <laughs> Three, two, one. The Yak Babies, Sex, Presidents, and Sometimes Books. Welcome to Yak Babies, when we podcast on the internet sponsored by the Bible for Dogs. On the seventh day, God said, go fetch. I'm Aaron here, personal pals, Dave. All right. <laughs> we have Brick. Uh, hi. <laughs> old Irish, we have Old Irish Nico. Hello. What's wrong, Brick? You didn't like that one? No, was, you you got me with your joke. I was nice. Dave, were you drinking Crystal Pepsi? No, it's just water in a in a Pepsi bottle. Oh, damn, that's be very exciting. Is that a thing still? I don't think so. If they brought it back a few years ago for for shits and giggles, because oh, right. I bought one. Yeah, I was gonna be psyched if you were drinking Crystal Pepsi just casually. That'd be awesome. Yeah, me too. What a power move. It's <laughs> <laughs> without mentioning it first. Yeah, yeah. Fuck the rest. You don't need any color in my soda. <laughs> oh, folks, it's time for what are we reading? It's been a f- couple months since we did this discussion, so I want to see what my fellow yaks have on their nightstands, what they're reading, what's in their reading pile. Let's start this time with Old Fashioned Brick. Brick, tell us about your reading habits of late. Well, if you were paying attention last week, my reading habits of late are that I can't read it. <laughs> so you're reading, your entry is like the ABCs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dick and Spot. Yeah. Uh, so I no, I, I haven't gotten through shit, but I did have one book to share. Yeah. So I I picked up kind of I think it was just one of those like it was sitting on the Amazon. You might like this things that pop up yeah. or whatever. It's a book of short stories called North American Lake Monsters mm-hmm. by Nathan Ballingrude. He is author from Massachusetts, actually. It's a collection of short, like, horror and supernatural stories. It was written in 2013. Hmm. And apparently it's been made into a TV show on Hulu called Monsterland, hmm. which I, I have not seen. But now maybe I will. Pretty good. So remind me a little of the, that Amelia Gray hmm. collection of the... It's supernatural, but set in settings where the supernatural is natural. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And then, you know, probably he was a little closer to the 80s, like Raymond Carver kind of model of stories. They, you know, have that literary kind of MFA structure where they mm-hmm. kind of they kind of start either right as something's happening or right after. Right. And then so the actual supernatural things are not typically the, the center of the story. They're usually the setting. Right. There's a very good werewolf story in here that I really liked called... Is it about seducing a naked werewolf? Wild Acre. Oh. No, it's about... No, no one gets seduced. It's about this guy. Like, So it starts and like a werewolf like kills his friend and he like panicked and ran away, basically. And then the whole... The whole story is like him in town. Like he obviously couldn't tell anyone it was a werewolf, so like everyone in town like just think you know thinks he's a coward and whatever else, and let these people die because he's like a hunter and he didn't shoot the wolf that was killing his friend or whatever. It's it's just well done. It's more of a story of his relationship with his wife while he manages his his trauma. Mm. And then I also really like the the title story is about this guy that got out of prison and he's living with his wife and his older daughter and like trying to manage their relationships and then there's just a dead sea monster on the beach in front of their house and that's sort of the story revolves around that but no one's like oh yeah weird a dead sea monster it's just part of it right so it's very good i'm gonna i still have a couple stories left before i actually can claim to have finished the book right. but it 
definitely worth it. And I haven't read a short story in a while or a collection in a while. So that did feel pretty good too. Yeah, definitely. It's contemporary. Yeah, 2013. That's cool. That sounds interesting. Certainly. Yeah, it's pretty good. We might, if we start sharing stories around for a story club, I might, I'm going to give this werewolf one a second read. It might be worth sharing. It's only like 15 yeah. pages. Cool. D, what about you? I read Kazushi Girls Never Let Me Go, which I subsequently learned the three of you read together in a class. Yeah, at Emerson. Yeah, so that gave me some... some uh, and hated it. I was going to say MoFo. What's the thing? FOMO. FOMO. But I missed out on the fun class. <laughs> give you some MoFo. <laughs> yeah. There's a shirt. Hang on. Let me put that in the shirt. I knew it didn't sound it right. It gave me some motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So minor spoiler alert, Ishiguro like very intentionally sets up his reveal that the, the main characters are clones. Whoops. Yeah, and a lot of people go into the book knowing that they're clones. So they either know from the beginning or they learn when Ishiguro wants you to. But I learned somewhere in between those two spots because of one of my fellow yak babies <laughs> accidentally uh, oh. Have you read this book? Oh yeah, the issue girl. What about the clones? <laughs> so I think that maybe affected my reading <laughs> a little bit. I the book didn't really land for me, but I was never able to figure out why. I mean, it's well written. I don't know how well you guys remember remember it. And Aaron, you said that you guys disagreed on the whole keeping the clone thing a secret. Yeah, I remember a pretty big debate about that in class. Me too. That's fifteen years ago by now. Yeah, mm. I know. <laughs> I fucking oh really? Fucking yeah. hated that book because of because that, or of that, for other reasons. Yeah, well, just because like once that comes out, what's the big twist? If that was the big twist, that was a shitty twist, and you did a shitty job. Why? Because you saw in, it coming, or because it just didn't? I think I did, but then then also it was like okay, I mean, because it was it's pretty clear in that book that something fucked up is happening. That she's her organs are being taken. So if she's not a, it, it almost doesn't even matter that she's a clone. It matters that she is a person who is an organ colony, and her organs are being taken like one after the other until she dies for for other people to use. So the fact that she's a clone to me doesn't even matter. Like I don't even care that she's a clone. You felt the same, Rick. I liked the book, but I think that, that that twist became too much of the focus and got in the way of it being a better book. I enjoyed the twist. I thought it was effective. <laughs> I thought it worked for me. And I really like the emotional. That story hit me hard, as Ishiguro stuff typically does. He, for some reason, he seems to have that thing that I like is where it's sentimental, but just just enough that unlocks that, that emotional core. Remember? Did you did you read the giant one? Was it a uh, yeah, giant, I, I think, lazy giant? I think it was lazy giant. Um, no, I have not. Have you? Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I need to read it. For sure. Yeah, I would like to reread this sometime. But but right after that, I went to Remains of the Day. And yes. I know at least one of you really likes that book. That was you, yeah. And that worked much better for me. I would read that again, too. I can see you, Aaron, being the one. <laughs> oh, could that book lands with? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's all about like loss and like time passing and, and regret. It's like yeah. it's huh. the yeah, it's my entire heart is that book. It's yeah. so good. Have we all seen that movie? Oh yeah, so many. I actually times. haven't seen the movie. No, I read the book. Did you like the book? I remember you saying something like, "I don't give a shit about butlers." <laughs> oh, all right, uh, I did like the book. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't love it. Oh right, <laughs> but you still don't care. About I, I may have said that. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, spoilers. He doesn't find out that he's a but. We don't find out that he's a butler until halfway through. Yeah. No, that book was fine. Uh, that was, that's a book that I like. He's a good writer, so I like the book. But it, it's not a book I love or care to want to read again. I have not seen the movie. Mm. Mm. It was very good. It, it takes some stuff and moves with stuff around here and there. But I mean, it's peak Anthony Hopkins and Emma Thompson and Christopher Reeves in it too, and Hugh Grant. It's a really it's a packed cast. It's it's yeah, it's quite effective. Yeah, the book got me hard. I read that in high school. Got you hard. I remember like. 
Yeah. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I do dicks, like butlers. Driving dick. <laughs> I really like butlers. <laughs> no, like, it like hit, hit uh, really hard. And I remember reading in high school as part of a reading list and just like the ending, just like in my bedroom, like crying in my bed. And mom was like, why are you crying? I was like, oh, this book was really sad. And she was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and like just like didn't give a shit. I was like, no, there's like something going on. But yeah, I mean, those last pages, like Stevens's realization about his life and what he's done and what he hasn't done. Oh, God. Sorry, I can't even talk about yeah. it. It's gonna <laughs> fuck me up. So I, mean, I agree with you, Dave. I think that's definitely a better book than Never Let Me Go, for sure. But I did like both of them. Mm. Never Let Me Go is a movie, too, right? Yeah. Did you watch that? Yeah. I remember liking it, too. It's got What's Her Face. She's a Promising Young Woman. Uh, Carrie Mulligan and Andrew Garfield and Kira Knightley's in it, too, I think. It's pretty good. I can't remember who made it. I remember liking it, certainly. I didn't even know it was a movie. Yeah. Dave, is that it or other things? Yeah, that's Sweet. it. Sweet. Nico. So I have a Gravity's Rainbow update, and then I have seven other books that I'll go through pretty quickly. So Gravity's Rainbow, I am about 80% of the way through. Fucking hell. It has been a slog, too. Um, So the the breakdown of this book is... Did you stick to your, what was it, 15 pages a day? 10. 10. Yeah, I did. And that's the only thing that's (laughs) got me through. So the first part is about the guy in World War II. And that's the first 200 pages. The whole book is 900 pages. Then the war ends and he and like his couple of his buddies go to France to this to the casino Hermann Goring, uh, which was like taken over by the Nazis, obviously renamed. And they, so they fuck around in France for another 130 pages. And then Slothrop gets in his head to go on this quest. And so for 400 pages, he goes on this quest to find this rocket and... It's got kind of zany antics and that kind of stuff. It just seems really pointless. And it's it's like he basically only has the one clue the entire time. And then right at the end, he's getting pretty close. And then the, the last section is another 150 pages. So I'm hoping that it really picks up <laughs> because that half the book is literally just him like wandering from town to town, getting stoned, looking around, not finding anything, like slipping, like escaping. And there's some good scenes, but I mean, 400 fucking pages i just don't understand the motivation for him like i mean i understand the motivation for him because he wants to find out what happened to him but we already know what happened to him he was experimented on as a baby he was conditioned the details to me really don't matter and that's that's kind of it's kind of the never let me go problem it's like if i know the fundamental thing then spending half the book explaining the details to me doesn't hit so i'm really hoping that the last (laughs) part four is is good and then I have quite a few other books. And actually, these books have all have something in common, which is that I like them. Which <laughs> <laughs> is kind of strange. A rare theme. And and actually they, they do have a couple other things in common. Like they're all relatively simple hmm. concepts that are well executed, I think. That seems to be the theme. They don't have a lot of complex like setups or anything, but so one is the last day. I did not write down any of the authors were uh oh so this is a future dystopia sci-fi detective novel written by one of the guys who works on the iq show have you you guys Uh, ever seen that with stephen fry Mm -hmm. it's like a quiz show in the uk it's pretty good it's kind of a near future dystopia pretty savage brexit critique and it's a woman who's been living on this like oil tanker researching why the earth just stops stops spinning and so most of the planet like 90 percent of it is uninhabitable because it's either too cold or too hot and britain is right in the middle where it's habitable 
And so the first thing that Britain does is close its borders and threaten to nuke anybody who gets too close. Right. <laughs> and so, so this woman is like searching for her husband in this. And I thought it was it was pretty good, except mm. for the third act was a bit of a letdown. But but all in all, and it was also nice to see like somebody struggle with the kind of the same detective novel problems that I struggle with. Hmm. And then the second, so the second one's Roadside Picnic, which is the 80s Russian sci-fi novel. Oh, that yeah. Is the basis for the game Stalker. Yeah, yeah. And the movie. Um, so it's it's really yeah, and I think there's yeah there's a there's a movie I haven't seen the movie. I love that the, the Tarkovsky, Tarkovsky movie. Yeah, that's a great movie. So the basic concept is that this thing that they don't understand happens near Chernobyl, I think, and it causes all this weird shit to happen. And their best theory is that some aliens had a roadside picnic there, so they were going through from one side of the galaxy to the other, and they stopped in the middle so if you think of a car stopping in the woods and leaving and then like driving off there'd be like tire tracks they'd tear up the mud there'd be like trash left behind and all the animals would be like what the fuck is all this shit like i've never seen a you know a coffee cup before and that's that's basically what happens and so there's all these weird things that fuck with the physics of earth as we know it and it's just it's the kind of relatively simple story of the one of these guys who goes into this zone to collect the weird alien artifacts and what his life is like and how how weird it is in there, right. basically. The movie Stalker is really good, and I think it's on HBO Max. I'm not positive. A bunch of those Criterion mm. movies are, like yeah. a, a, most of the Criterion channel. It's worth a look. I know some of his other movies are, so it probably is, like Solaris and stuff are on there. Yeah, that's great. And the next, the sequel to Stalker, the game, is coming out next year. I didn't know there was a game. Um, I never played the first one. I, th- I don't. I don't think the the game sticks to the plot very much. I think it just takes the plot. takes the setting. Yeah, <laughs> which is all you need. Yeah, plot. There's not really a plot anyway. But you know what I mean. And then there was one called Mask of Mirrors, which is a fantasy book that's kind of like Downton Abbey with magic. It's like kind of it's halfway between Downton Abbey and Game of Thrones. Okay. So it's it's like a fantasy novel, but instead of being the scope of Game of Thrones or one of these big, or Lord of the Rings, where it's like the entire world is at war. It's like mostly one house. And then they have enemies in this little city and enemies within themselves. So it's much smaller scale, but I like that. Then there's a book called Piranesi by Susanna Clark. Didn't she write Strange yeah, and Mr. Norwell Yeah, Jonathan or Strange and Mr. Norwell. Kind of a, I think it was like a Harry Potter-esque. No, not, not really. I, it was pretty good. It was like an alternate sort. It, it reminded me... I don't know. I don't have a good comparison for it. It was it was its own thing. It was a good book. It was it was a long book. This one was, was very short. I think it was less. I listened to the audio book and it was five hours. It's this guy who wakes up in a labyrinth. I mean, he's he's lived there for a few years, but he doesn't remember his life before then. And then he just tries to figure out what what happened and kind of what happened is concretely answered and not terribly interesting. But I mean, the book is kind of well done for what it is. So that's that. And then there was a book called When the Reckoning Comes by Latanya McQueen that you might remember that we went to Emerson with. I don't remember her at all. No? Okay. I had a couple classes with her anyway. And so so it's a horror novel where a black woman goes to her white friend's wedding at a plantation that's basically been turned into an amusement park. And then the ghosts of both the slaves of the plantation and the slave owners start haunting and murdering everybody. And kind of a lot of the horror is just like recounting these like brutal things that happened on the plantation and and how horrifying it it was like like, you know, flaying the skin off people and turning their skin into 
like shoes and wallets and yeah but it's i mean it's like such a simple concept it's just the horror of slavery as a horror novel right and it, it works did you pick it up because you, what, recognized her name or something? Or it, that was coincidental? Yeah. Well, I saw her post about it on Facebook. Mm. Was it a real publisher? Or... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was in the New York Times. Mm. Nice. Um, then there was a cozy called Murder at Melrose Court. <laughs> nice. Which was nice and tight. Nice, tight, cozy. And then there was <laughs> tight, cozy. No, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like well plotted and it was like wraps up and you're like, okay, yep, that's exactly what I would want out of a cozy. Nice. And then the last one was a book called The Word for World is Forest by Ursula K. Le Guin. Oh, yeah. Which is like a colonialist sci-fi novel from the 70s, I think, about these humans who have come into this alien planet and to colonize it and turn the people into slaves. And there's kind of two sides. One guy is pretty close to our modern idea of an incel. And he's talks about how smart he is and talks about how great he is. He doesn't see the, the native people as human at all. He just doesn't care. And then there's a guy who like actually talks to the native people and learns their language and, you know, sees that they're smart. And then the native people rebel and fuck the humans up. Hmm. So it's pretty satisfying nice so that's it that's a haul i like that and likely we have emerson colleague who we can refer to by their actual name and not a pseudonym that we have used to obscure them because of the horrible things we said about them <laughs> we have a couple didn't vandenberg get a guggenheim or something i guess i mean more like we talk about them in, in glowing terms <laughs> cool good couple things on my end a lot of it is still in progress things i mentioned last time we did this the saunders book a swim in the pond the ram still working on because of my reading interruption this summer so i'll have more to say about that i think in a future episode we'll even do a separate episode about that book entirely if we can all if we can get others on board i know dave you're going to read it and i think that nico or brick might too and then i'm also working on a book by john semley called hater which i want to talk about in a separate episode in the future so they'll come down the pipe too two comics that i mentioned one is there's a new dc comics is doing this thing i think their new publishing sort of concept I think it's actually kind of Marvel's too. Is there's like short mini series that don't sort of have they're not intended to run like long. So they have like the the main like you know your Batman's and Superman books will keep publishing, but the rest of it is most of these like sort of short runs. And the new one that's come out is called Batman '89. It is a continuation of the Batman movie from '89 with the Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson, the Tim Burton movie. It's written by the screenwriter that that movie Sam Ham and drawn by Joe Quinones, uh, who is a local author or a local artist. He lives in Somerville and he's amazing. I've loved his work for a long time. The look of it's really cool. It has, it very much captures the feel of those movies, the design, those elements all there. And it's a fun story about Billy Dee Williams' Harvey Dent character turning into Two-Face, which is fun. So I'm really enjoying this. It's not like anything, it's like it's, it's as light as possible. But if you like that movie, which I do quite a bit, it's definitely fun to go revisit that. And the, maybe the exact opposite of that is this book. Did I talk about The Red Room last time by Ed Piscor? It's a comic called The Red Room by Ed Piscor, who you might know from Hip Hop Family Tree, which is a very cool comic. It's like the history of hip hop. Um, his art style is really great. It's sort of kind of like very finely detailed 80s indie comic illustrator kind of style. This one's about the alleged under like dark web YouTube sites where people do like snuff films or like live murders basically. It's extremely grotesque. Like this is like a, a comic that's full of like really horrible shit. I mean you can see like the back cover has you know gives you the full there's a guy's ear being torn off. So it's really intense, but it's pretty good. And the art is amazing. I mean Pitcore is a great artist and so the detail is, is really precise and if you like gore, there's a lot of it. But it's not very uh, palatable. This is a hard 
comic to recommend necessarily. But I did go to the comic book store to buy the second issue, and the clerk, who was a relatively new employee, asked if I had read the first one. I said, yeah. And she said, oh, yeah, because I haven't read it yet, but I've heard it's good. And I was like, oh, um, well, let me know what you think. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden, it's like afraid of being labeled a psychopath by having read this comic and, and saying it was good. But, uh, I mean, if you can get past the violence, it's definitely, it's there's something there's something going on here about class and stuff but it is just very very gory but worth looking at i think that's all for me that's all for us too readers tell us what you're reading what's on your uh, uh stack these days tell us at yak babies on twitter and of course email us yakbabiespodcast at gmail.com so we can read your thoughts and get suggestions for our podcast also go to patreon.com slash yakbabies and find our patreon podcast as a separate bonus uh podcast for one dollar a month you can access to it and there's episodes of bro to bro and there's games there's fantasy drafts Speaking of Ursula K. Le Guin, she was going to be my fantasy baseball shortstop when we were going to do the fantasy baseball authors draft, which then became the fantasy authors draft where we did like the who's the tallest author or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Nico said Plato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I said, no, did I say Homer? And it was like, Someone Homer's not yeah. a person. <laughs> yeah. We don't know how tall he was. Yeah, total chaos. We were also doing a, <laughs> we were doing a power hour during that, which is why it got even crazier. So if you like the sound of that, go check it out on Patreon for a dollar. And we have our merch as well, which is, the link is on our Twitter. I forget what it is but at this point. Rick, do you remember? I think it's tinyurls slash yakbabies. I think you're right. Yeah, there's some great merch. There's t-shirts and posters and the designs are by Brick and they're very, very funny and good. So check them out. And what else do we have to say? Oh, uh, recommend us to a friend. Tell a friend about Yak Babies that you think would like the show. Someone who likes to read or who likes to hear about people reading. <laughs> you know, either or. There's a Venn dagger in the middle or somewhere. Sure. Tell them. We'd love to hear or have them listen to the show as well. Until then, Yak Babies yakking off. The Yak Babies would like to thank all their loyal listeners, and especially their patrons, both past and present, including Michael, Bonnie, Sebastian, David, Roger, Kathleen, Bailey, Andrew, and William Howard Taft. (laughs) 